This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay. We are back. If you've all had a pee and had a cupcake, if there's any cupcakes left, um, dive in there. We do want zero by the end. I've not got room for them. In my car on the way back. Right, here we are, part two now. So we are going to do, we've got this week in ITFC history, we have our special guests, Sandy and Stu from the EADT coming up. And then the great Harry from Bath. He's going to be out with Richard, the legend that is Harry from Bath. Um, God, what was I doing? I was in Norway. I was in Norway a few years ago, and I looked on my Twitter, and someone had tweeted an Ipswich Town Halloween 11, and I looked up, and it said, Renegade Statman. And I hit follow, and my life has never been the same <laughs> ever since. Ladies and gentlemen, the most popular member of the Ipswich Town <laughs> Twitter line. How many people have had an argument with Statman on Twitter? <laughs> there we go. Please, huge round of applause. He's got more stats on Ipswich Town, more access than anybody in the world. The renegade Statman. That was Renegade by Eminem. <laughs> right, so here we are, and this week it's actually going to be called This Match in ITFC History. Look at that, Rich. Thank you. Now, for some of you who will refuse to watch it because I'm on it, um, you're, you're missing out. Um, so... Can we go to the next slide, please, Rich? So it's the 21st of February, 1998. Anybody want to have any clue, any idea what this game is? Yeah? 
Norwich, okay, so let's have a look. Well, it's Ipswich, which is good, managed by George Burley, and we are up against M Mike Walker's Norwich City. I couldn't, st I don't like Mike Walker. Mate, I don't like Mike Walker because of Ian Crook. I'm, I'm you're looking at you. You're talking at me, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was the Ian Crook transfer. That never, that never quite was, wasn't it? It was. He was for Ipswich player for about what twenty-four hours, or, or then he got, um, then he got called back, didn't he? Of course. Just to let you know, because Ben is a consummate professional. He sent us an email about three weeks ago with all the running times, etc., what we were going to do. Um, Dave and I didn't see that email until last <laughs> night. Um, I think I went straight to my spam. To be yeah. fair, so. I so. Um, and we just had a, a quick chat there about what we were going to talk about two minutes before we came on. So that's good. So just to set the scene, uh, it's 1997-98 season. Uh, Town are in 10th place and we face uh, a Norwich City in, in 14th place. So quite clearly we were then and probably still pride of Anglia. Um, we had just beaten Manchester City away. Ben was there. We won 2-1, we were 1-0 down with about 10 minutes to go and two late goals and our previous home game we'd beaten Huddersfield 5-1. Was this on the run of five, scoring five in about three consecutive Who home scored games? the one for Huddersfield? Marcus Stewart, Stewart. well done. Yeah. Whatever happened to him. Um, so there was a very, uh, before we get into the game, um, for those of you who are a little bit younger, we used to do this every week. Can you run the, the VT, please, Rich? I've always wanted to say that. Um, so that run, VT. run VT. So the, the ball, always in the 90s, was delivered by a, a military vehicle. Um, <laughs> now, I don't know much about helicopters, but I think that's a Chinook. And he looks like he's the pilot. Oh, no, it's Maurizio Tirico. Um He's the pilot. He's actually flown around for 20 years with that scarf, and it was the first time ever that he was able to, to actually produce the scarf after he got out of his plane um, helicopter. And Maurizio Tarico was there because he was suspended. He got, uh, he got a booking in the, the game against Manchester City, and he was replaced by Bobby Petter. Good, so good move, as it turns out. Let's have a little look at the team. Before, as the team's coming up, can we just have a show of hands? Is, how many people were at this game? Can you remember if you were at this game? God, that's more than I thought. So if, if I've made some things up, it's just because <laughs> we, we hadn't planned it that well. Yeah. So at number one, uh, um, and it's quite... I mean, Ben talks about me being controversial, but I always remember Dave being incredibly controversial and upsetting one, one of our followers, uh, Noel Baker, when you, yeah. you said that Richard Wright was a... Better goalkeeper than hang on, Paul, hang on, wait a minute. Paul no, Cooper. No, you're not here, are you? Where, where are you? No, damn it, years. Damn it, years. Yeah, I said it. I said it once. I think we're trying to get some. I don't even remember a team of England international or English players, an England eleven or something like that. And I think I just stuck right in there just for controversy, and it worked. I think. But Richard Wright absolutely slaughtered. He hadn't won the FA Cup or the UEFA Cup. Yeah, no, it's true. No, no. he had uh, played for England. Okay. No, but go on. So he was in goal, um, and a, a, a great, a great servant for town. Um, at number two, Mickey Stockwell player, and Jamie Clapham just, just um, appeared there. Now, Jamie Cap Clapham, before this game, actually played on the left side of midfield, and he went into, he went into the left-back position replacing Tariko. Our uh, centre-halves were 
Kieran Dyer. Yeah, Kieran Dyer played at centre half. Play anywhere. <laughs> Absolutely anywhere. Yeah. There you go. Tony Mowbray and Jason Cundy, Mogger as the captain. Uh, Kieran Dyer in midfield alongside three other players. <laughs> Gus, well, he was a great player. Gus? He was a player, I don't know if you remember, but he could run incredibly fast, but the ball never went with him, which was disappointing. <laughs> he was never quite in control of it, was he, Stat? He wasn't, no. no. Matt Holland, player. Ipswich legend. David Johnson, version 2.0. Some of you, I'm looking at you, Harry from Bath, probably. You remember the original David Johnson. Who was better, Harry? Number one. Yes, I agree with you. David Johnson, version two. Okay, move on. <laughs> Alex Matthew, more of him later. And Bobby Petter, even more of him later on. Um, the attendance for the game... 21,858, which was almost capacity. Yeah, it was back then, obviously, before a couple of, couple of three years before the ground was developed. So that was about, yeah, about full capacity then. Now, in 1997-98, one of the greatest songs um, is, is on my most played on my iPod, which was Singing the Blues was released. Um, and that song was, was played before the game. And one of the things, and, and Dave is, isn't even aware of what what's going to happen next, but Dave is actually going to do his own Naked Martin version <laughs> dance to Singing the Blues. If, if you sing it, I'm sure he'll strip off. Sure I won't, but yeah. They're not singing, so I don't know what that means. Uh, yeah, probably, yeah. Okay. Um, before we go into the footage of, of, of the game, um, I, watched, I watched this game over the last couple of weeks, and what I'd forgotten about was the camera over the churchman stand. So you used to have the, the, the camera on the crane over the churchman's. Yeah, you did, yeah, yeah, on the big cherry picker crane over the churchman's, yeah. And very, uh, very lucky it was for this game, I think, Stat. Yeah. Um, so, shall we move on? Oh, yeah, let's have a look at the Norwich team. Ooh, ooh, yeah. whoa! Victor Segura, mate. Yes, they, they were all inducted into the Norwich Hall of Fame. <laughs> uh, most of those players don't mean anything to me. Robert Fleck, probably the... Is, it, is, he, is he the worst player to have played for Norwich if you're an Ipswich fan? Or Darren yeah. Huckabee? Yeah, he was a bit of a villain, wasn't he? Carey. Yeah. Louis Carey. Victor Segura, Daryl Such. Adrian Forbes, is it? Adrian Forbes. The keeper's pretty rubbish. <laughs> yeah. What happened to him? I don't know. When you watch, when you watch the goals coming up, you've got to ask yourself the question, why did George Burley ever sign him? Um, maybe he had a short-term memory. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're, that was the Norwich eleven. Yeah. So, I don't know about you, but I went to this game, sat down, and a minute later, I was jumping up again. Can we see why, please, Rich? Oh, have we? We haven't, have we? I kind of want to go... Goal action. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm on about, it's what they used to do on Radio Orwell whenever there was a goal. So 69 seconds. I think it might have been 64, but 69 made me giggle. I think it was 69 seconds. Alex Mathy, I think there's a... You tell me, what do you remember about the game, Dave? Um, I remember, yeah, I remember his goal very quickly. You're just like you, just sat down and um, you were up again. Um, it was a, a quick throw from the, from the left... And I think it found Matthew just on the edge of the box. 
And um, he, 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 strike. he just yeah. hit it first time. Let it run across him. He hit it first time. It's a brilliant strike, wasn't it? I think it's brilliantly described, and we'll see it now. Feel free to cheer if you like. Don't like him. <laughs> Funny little dugouts we had then. Look at this. Whoa. Oh, it's a strike, wasn't it? And what a great kit. Yeah, it's a quality kit, that. So we're 1-0 up against Norwich, which we don't say that very often. We don't. No, it doesn't happen that often, does it? Um, and, and Alex Mathy uh, was having a great season that season. So we, we go 1-0 up. And then I think it was about 20-odd minutes. I'm saying that because it, it will say it on the next slide. But yeah, 27 minutes. Uh, we go 2-0 up. Alex Mathy again. It's a... It's a it's a killer pass into the middle of the... Stockwell, isn't it? it yeah. Stockwell's put, pushed it through. Yeah, they're, they're, you've got to say, I think the Norwich defence from memory is a bit, a bit square, a bit square. But, um, yeah, it's just one straight ball through and he's on it. Let's have a look. I think. Here's your pass. Here we go. Coming up now. There Not it is. sure about the back four there. They're all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ben said he should have squared it to David Johnson. I think, he, I think he was right. Can we just go back and look at that Norwich back four, how straight that line was, please, Rich? It's like a, like a washing line, wasn't it? No, we can't. Rich can't even do that. I think he said no. Okay. Yeah. It was all over the place. So we're 2-0 we're up. Um, you know, in the, in the heady... Oh, are we going to go back and look at it? There you go. They look quite No, well, there, there wasn't many defenders in this game, I think, for Norwich. So we go 2-0 up... Um, Pass it, pass it. Yeah, good strike. They're never going to pass there. I'd have, I'd have passed it. Yeah, so we're 2 0 up, um, and we go into the last few minutes just before half time, and we think, well, most of us will, will, will take that. You know, any, any victory in the, in the derby is great. And then 42 minutes in, there's a great ball down uh, to Mickey Stockwell on the right. He's in the, the right wing position and he, he plays it across. No, no defenders again. No, again, I think the defenders are... Uh, defending's a bit suspect on this one as well, isn't it? They just and go AWOL. They're not there. And the goalie, for me, Andy Marshall seems to... I don't know what he does. If you, if you play the video, Rich, it, to me it seems like he kind of... He is about three yards ...holds on to the ball and rolls, it in, rolls in with it. Just get it wide. Get it wide to Mickey. Yeah, this is it. Look. Yeah. Where are they? Ullenbeek. You didn't realise he had that in his locker. <laughs> 3 0. It was a wonderful first class hat, hat trick for Alex Mathy. Um, he then went off at half time because he, he, had a, he had a calf strain. And I believe George Burley thought, you know, he'd, he'd done his job. We're 3 0 up. The game's probably won. So um, he went off and was replaced by James Scowcroft. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, there was another sub in the second half where Danny Sonner um, came on for, for Mickey Stockwell. Oh, you've got some stories about Danny Sonner. I have got some stories about Danny Sonner. Any, any, any that you can repeat here tonight? Um, well, many probably... Be careful. Be careful. ...revolve around being here. <laughs> um, yeah. Could he... <laughs> we removed it, look. Yeah, he's gone here. Yeah. He, he liked... Um, he liked the Wolfpack, right? And he also liked Chicago's. And I did stand next to him once when we were in Chicago's when he did utter the words, "Do you know who I am?" Oof. And the answer was, "No, go <laughs> away." Um, so you, yeah, I've heard you say that at Portman Road. Yes, true. Yeah. 
Um, one of the things I want to mention is one of the subs, and he was always an unused sub substitute, was goalkeeper Lee Bracey. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he did. He did he ever play? Was he one of the keepers? Him and Mike never Salmon ever as well. Never made a first team appearance yeah, for town. No, I know. Oh yeah, um, I met him actually. Really nice. Really, he doesn't hold anything any grudges against George at all. He, um, I think he's one of. The, was he not the goalkeeper? Is in line when Wrighty was away or was injured and was and was going to miss a league game and then came back at the 11th hour and, and played. I don't know. Yeah, I think George phoned him up and said, please. I think, I think so. You know. I think so. Where did Lee Bracey come from? Berry? Berry, yeah. Berry, it was yeah. Berry. Yeah. So anyway, Matthew goes off and it then turns into the, the Bobby Patter show. Um, I don't know when that, how long... We were into the second half before we went forward. So it was only 11 minutes. Um, and the thing I really like about this goal is the little shimmy that, Bo that Bobby does... One way, or, and you know, twist the defender left yeah, and right. Hip swerve, yeah. That's a hoof. <laughs> Jono up there. From there, look at that. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Go on. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's bad. He even did the sort of little um, shimmy celebration as well. They, you, you see that? He, he did, yeah, yeah. So we're four nil up, and at that point. I kind of looked at my mate and I said, I think we've won this. Um, and I was quite happy if Norwich had scored two more goals because 4-2 is what I bet on every game. But unfortunately, that didn't happen. Bobby decided that he was going to ruin it. And I think it was about the 81st minute. Um, lovely work here by Matt Holland, yeah. who, gives it to, who, who gives it to Bobby. And it's another great finish, although you've got a question, yeah, a Andy Marshall. Yeah, the goalkeeper doesn't cover himself in glory here, does he? Captain Fantastic. Oh, straightforward, isn't it? Oh. My Crap. goodness. Crap. Oh, rubbish. <laughs> Do you, why, why did George sign him? Oh, mate, I don't know. Did he, so, so um, going, getting back to Petter, did he, obviously played this season, he was gone next season, wasn't he? He Playing was, in yeah. In close season, I think. For sure. For sure, he was, yeah. He was, he was gone. Yeah. So we, we won 5-0, which equaled our... Or the biggest victory in the East Anglian derby, no matter what they say that they've beaten us for, yeah. or we haven't beaten them for ten years. Do you, do you remember that game? Which one? The other, the other five. Yeah, we covered it, didn't we? Yeah, nineteen seventy, whenever it was, seven, seventy-seven, I think. So twenty-one years before. Febru yeah. Weimark, I think, got a hat trick that day. I think it was February nineteen ninety-seven. Um, Town finished the game in tenth, so we didn't go up, and Norris uh, finished the game in fourteenth place. But before we go on with that, I've got the program. Here's the program. One of one of Dave's favourite bits. Now, thanks, Joe. Joe brought it in. I'm being told to hurry up already, Dave. Um, so I'm going to go straight to the mascots. Yeah. <laughs> and I tell you what, if we've got the mascot here tonight, we must have one. Come on. There, there are three mascots. Okay. And they're right at the back. So Do I they still give the full name and address like they always did, or not? <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable, isn't it? Back in the day, those programs. I mean, yeah. what? Actually, door number, everything. No. Ah. All right. Okay. So they don't even tell you. They don't even tell you what road they lived it's on. Awful, mate. Go on. So we had two mascots. Um, two mascai. Yeah, mascai. Um, Joanna Palfrey. Are you here, jo Joanna? Joe. Joe. No. She was thirteen, and she went to Mendelsham Green School. Oh, that could be sort of yeah, getting towards Norfolk. Then. Oh no, she didn't know. I read that. She's from Mendelsham Green. She went to Backton Middle School. Okay. 
and her favourite player was Alex Mathy. Um, we've got more chance because the next one's a lad. Uh, Neil Buttery, 12, from Felixstowe, and he went to Orwell High School. Anyone know him? Neil? No. He was interested in football and motocross, which was quite interesting. <laughs> um, and his favourite player was David Johnson, so he, he had a bit of style. And, and just throwing this one out here, probably won't happen, but the Norwich City mascot... Um, <laughs> anyway, two weeks later... Well, the, the game following this, we beat Oxford 5-2. Uh, quite a famous game where Richard Wright went off injured, had his head bandaged. Matt Holland went into goal, let in a goal, but then also scored a goal. He did. He did. This was so. This was a season. So 97-98, we lost uh, Charlton. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to hear the record? So after this game, there were 13 league matches left, and I tell you what, if if you want a bit of hope, this is it, right? <laughs> Apart from the seasons are completely different. But after the Norwich game, the last 13 matches, we won only 11 of them, yeah. um, drew two and lost one. Shocker. The game ended when we all walked out of the ground. The one thing that I remember was that they played Lou Reed, perfect day. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they would. Yeah, and it was, you know... Um, Five nil. What we'd give for something? What we'd give for a win over Norwich? Norwich now, let alone uh, let alone five nil. So let's hope it's not too uh, too far away. Anyway, when we see another result like that, but I fear it might be. Exactly. Am I on time now, Shaley? Have I got five minutes to wrap? Okay. Way over. <laughs> so there you go. Thank you very much for listening uh, this week in ITFC history. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, the likely lads. Thank you. Wonderful, glorious. Listen to them on the podcast um, when they do a show. <laughs> we don't we don't have a uh, a regular schedule with that anymore. Fantastic stuff. Um, right, we are very lucky. We're very lucky today, but we're very lucky as Ipswich fans um, that our local media do an absolutely brilliant job. Graham and Brenner on the radio, but we all know who the true kings of Anglia are, don't we, ladies and gentlemen? From the East Anglian Daily Times, Mr. Andy Warren and Mr. Stuart Watson. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Whether you want to protect yourself whilst online or just get access to more streaming content, NordVPN has the solution for you. And are now in partnership with us here at Blue Monday. NordVPN can be your cyber bodyguard whilst you're browsing online, but it also allows you to access more streaming content from abroad like sporting events, box sets or films. With one click of a button, NordVPN can digitally transport you to the US, Australia or Amsterdam. For the price of an ITFC match programme each month, you can subscribe to NordVPN and have access to these great services. 
To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, head to nordvpn.com slash bluemonday or click the link in the podcast description. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, so get yourself a great deal and support the podcast in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. That Steve thing stuck then, has it? <laughs> yeah, it's not going away, mate. <laughs> There's a new one. Have you done the new one? What's the new one? Well, myself and Phil Ham now. Come right closer to the mic. Myself and Phil Ham have been dubbed the Mitchell Brothers by uh, Paul Lambert. There's oh, the, really? the new one, yeah. So, um... <laughs> We're still working out who's who out of the two of us. And would you argue with him about it? I do not think so. Um, show of hands here. Um, who, th- who thinks that Stu and Andy are, are doing their dream job? Who would love to get paid to watch Ipswich Town? Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Um, Andy, um, well, we'll ask to both of you, what is the best thing and the worst thing about making a living um, writing about Ipswich Town? The best, the best thing is just watching football for a living. How lucky is that? And the worst? The worst. The hours aren't great. And the, and the, <laughs> the, and the abuse? not great. Spending all my time with him is not great. <laughs> <laughs> but it's pretty good. You can't moan, really. She? Yeah, same. Getting paid to watch football, which is ridiculous. If I'd have told my 12-year-old, 13-year-old self that I'd be doing that, I'd, I'd be pinching myself. But, uh, yeah, we, we put the hours in, but uh, we love it. Um, take us through your sort of match day um, and then just end by telling me whether you actually get to enjoy the games. Do we enjoy the games? I don't know. You, um, you watch games very differently as you would do for enjoyment's sake. You, your immediate thought is not to enjoy a goal. It's who played the pass and where did that originate from and you know all that sort of stuff. Mm. Match day, though. When do we get there? About one? Yeah, a couple of hours before yeah. kickoff. That's what There's we a free for. pie. There's a free pie when we get to Bournemouth Road. That's that's a highlight. <laughs> Beautiful, um, Andy. Given the rise in fan media, and I won't—is that my one, did you? Um, given the rise in fan media, and I won't reveal our conversation we had at Norwich the other week, um, and the more kind of partisan nature of like coverage of people on YouTube. Some YouTubers are really balanced. Um, do you think your role has changed at all or are you the only people who call it down the middle and do you see other journalists particularly on championship teams not calling it down the middle do you think we do call it down the middle is that hands up if you think Stu and Andy call it down the middle oh (laughs) who thinks they're biased which which way (laughs) (laughs) but can you see it changing with all all of YouTube and fans sticking yeah, cameras on in front. Even in the ten years I've done done this kind of job, the, the thing it's changed so much, so much. There's, the, I think it's brilliant that there's so much fan media out there because this game's about fans, isn't it? And fans' opinions are more important than ours. Let's be honest. But, that, but that's why it's important we go down the middle. Absolutely. The, the, the job in general has changed massively with how so multimedia. You know, with podcasts and video, there's a lot more pressure to produce all the extra stuff around the newspaper. And, you know. The fans here are very lucky to have a, a website like Those With The Days, which is, is hugely comprehensive, but that puts pressure on us to try and do things a little bit different. So I guess our, our USP is uh, 
the opinion and the analysis. It can't just be a bog standard match report and manager's quotes. You've got to try and do more and more all the time to, to entice people in. So I've got to ask you about this. Um, so last season was quite boring, except every Friday, my day off, I would get in the bath. I would switch <laughs> on Facebook Live knowing that I was going to get the best entertainment of my week. And the best entertainment was Stuart Watson versus Mick McCarthy. Um, you've <laughs> got to tell us about those. Just a round of applause for Stu for standing up to Mick. Or <laughs> you, uh, tell me, just tell me, about, tell me about those press conferences, why particularly he went for you and not for Brenner. Tell me about what you were thinking and what your emotions were as it was coming to you to ask the questions. What on earth? I mean, it was must-see. It was absolute, like, crash TV, wasn't it? Thanks for the mental image of you in the bath, by <laughs> the way. That's, um... God, it takes ages to wash now, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> what was that like? I don't know. You kind of go into it and you never take it personally because it's occupational hazard. And I've actually, you know, people have always said, oh, what would it be like if you bumped into Mick now? He's Did you see him last week? I haven't seen him at the last couple of games. I think he was here again today, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah, here today um, as well. But it's just part of, part of the job, really, and um, it's never taken personally. And when Mick left, I, I t exchanged some pleasant texts with him. And Did you not find yourself fine. getting more hyped up, though? Right, I'm going to get him this week. I don't, you don't go into it sort of, I want to get somebody, but it's just, I think... You feel a duty to ask. We wanted questions. you to. <laughs> I just feel like you, my duty is to. I'm just a conduit between manager and, and the fans, and and with social media now, you get a, a decent sense of what people want to ask. So you just, you, I'm just kind of asking on behalf of all you guys. That's really all I'm I'm trying to do. Did you notice that he used to crunch his water bottle before he spoke to Stu? Did he you used to pick up his bottle and just go? Crunch. What I wanted was the. You know the woman who does Love Island and she does body language? I, I would love her to have just done five minutes on how Mick's body language changed as soon as Stu started talking, right? <laughs> yeah. It would have been beautiful. Red, red faces. Um, and Andy, you were covering Swindon before... Um, bloody Swindon lot. You yeah. were covering... <laughs> Swindon. Slug. 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 Slag, <laughs> slagging you off, eh? Um, <laughs> what, me, me specifically? Um... And Paolo Di Canio was manager there. Yeah. So you've, have you got, you must have something on, on well, Paolo and some beautiful my stuff my there. My first meeting with Paolo Di Canio, he threatened to quit unless they signed three players by the end of the week, <laughs> which they did. And the last time I saw Paolo, he had just been sacked and had broken into his own office <laughs> to remove all images of him from the walls of the club. He, he put them up in the first oh, place. Yeah, he put them up in the first <laughs> place, but, but he wanted to take them with him. Mikey will kill me if I don't ask now. Has have Paul Hurst's motivational quotes been taken down yet? In the dress, there's some in the dressing room. I don't know if they're new ones. But if we're all going in the same direction, <laughs> <laughs> the painters and decorators have got good trade out of Ipswich this year. Yeah, Paul Hurst mm. came in and changed it all, and Paul Lambert's done exactly the same. He's changed the training ground in particular, hasn't he? They've um, got a feature wall in the office. Okay, very Pitch nice. Pictures too. of Bobby and Alf put up in the manager's office, stuff like that. Yeah. Speaking. Of the offices, Stuart cracked the code two weeks ago and interviewed Marcus Evans. Unbelievable scenes. Um, tell me about first of all, how how did it come about? How how long were you sort of pestering for? And then what what is what is he like? And what was I get this Willy Wonka kind of image uh, of this interview? Well, uh, do you know what I mean? Marcus, um, <laughs> how long was I been pestering for? Um, 
the pestering kind of stopped a long time ago. That was, I was on the club's case. This is all through Steve Pierce, is it? Yeah, Steve Pierce is the sort of head of communications there, so I'd be constantly asking for it, and it got to a stage where it was clear it wasn't going to happen, but it would then be a timely reminder of, you know where I am, you know, it, as and when he wants to do something, and you'd, you'd try and sort of make suggestions so as to why it's why, right why now? Why did he do it now? Good question. I, I can't actually remember who, whether it was them that, that came to me. I think I just sort of said, look, you know, with the situation being as it is, I think I'd written a comment piece on a Monday saying about, you know, we need to hear from you now, Marcus, and I think that kind of led to discussions with Ian Milne and Steve Pearce and people behind the scenes, and they said, yeah, okay, well, let's, let's do it. And what, what was he like? We're all, we're all dying. <laughs> Who'd like to have 15 minutes alone with Marcus Evans? <laughs> There we go. What, what, was, it, what was he like? Um, pretty normal, to be honest. I think everyone I've always spoken to that knows Marcus has said p people will like him if he does stuff and, and he's very personable and you should do more, Marcus. And, you know, we had a bit of an off-the-record chat beforehand and he was talking about the reason that he hadn't done this is because when he first bought the club or just before he'd bought the club, he'd, he'd, one of his good friends was the Celtic owner and he'd gone to watch a Celtic game and seen the dog's abuse that, that he'd got on match day and thought, don't really fancy that, I quite like being able to travel on the train and stuff like that, but that <laughs> no, was good and I don't know, I'm, I'm a self-critic and I sort of came away thinking you could have done more and I could have pressed him on this and you could have gone for, for that subject, um, but within the hour I tried to cover as many bases as possible and hopefully did okay. Great stuff. Um, Andy, talk to me about this season because you were probably just begging for some kind of narrative something to write about um mm -hmm. very much so you've got one but <laughs> <laughs> how how is it from a from a journalist's point of view when when the team is bottom and is not winning at all oh, we want them to win that's that's a myth that that the people think oh bad news sells but we want them to win it's it, that actually sells more um people are happier happier to speak to you don't get grunted at by Certain midfielders, and it's just a <laughs> it's just a happier happier place to be, but uh, sadly sadly that's not happened. Um, we so we had a taste of some League One press facilities a few weeks ago at um, at Accrington. I mean, you were talking about recall and all of this, and I went up to chat to you at Norwich, and you got all monitors and Wi-Fi and all, all sorts well, it of never works. The Wi-Fi is there. Oh, okay, it it's, <laughs> it's there. You can still find it. Um, <laughs> Are you prepared for? Are you prepared for League One um, and Rochdale? Um, how are the how are the pies and the Wi-Fi going to be? At we've both done League One. I mean, Andy's done Swindon. I covered Colchester for a number of years, so it shouldn't be too too nothing, big a surprise for us. Old um, I don't know. I'm, in some ways, it's going to be different going to different grounds, and I think people will like to travel to some new grounds. It's it's happening, so let's let's get our head around it. And um, you know, it's uh, yeah, that Mikey. <laughs> Listen, all we want at ground is working Wi-Fi, isn't it? That's Everyone always goal. asks <laughs> us about the food, but as long as the as long as the internet works, that's the main thing. Um, talk to me about today, then, um, Andy. I assume you've filed some filed some stuff it's already. Bit, some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you've read um, it, you? I, I've been busy. Okay. <laughs> um, what What did you make of it today? Bit bit of a come down after yeah. um, Wednesday, or? Positive signs? I think Joe was right with what he said. That, that was nil-nil, wasn't it, that game? With a horrible, horrible goal in it. See? Yeah, it, it did feel a little bit flat after Wednesday. It's probably 
Is that understandable, really, after all of the, the passion that went into the derby and the high-intensity performance on Wednesday? It was a big ask for them to produce that again today. Um, I think if you looked at the whole game as a whole, a draw was about right, but didn't have the same feel about it, did it, as the previous two games? No. Um, Andy, could you have foreseen this? Because we, you know, we talked about narrative and journalist stuff. From Mick slamming the bottle down to Paul Hurst getting hired to the new era, to Paul Hurst getting fired, to Paul Lambert getting announced and then trying to beat up half of Norwich live on <laughs> Sky. It, just talk to me through the, the whole season and how, how it's been for you guys. It's just been manic, hasn't it? I had a child in that time as well. <laughs> that child is 10 months old and has seen three Ipswich managers. It's, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's madness. Absolute madness. Stu? Yeah, it has been mad. Uh, we knew that Lambert scrap was on the horizon because Andy and I went in to meet Paul not long after he'd taken charge. And one of the first things he said to us was, we need to take this down a peg or two, <laughs> didn't he? Um, <laughs> and, that, and he meant it as well. So, yeah. I came here for a scrap. <laughs> um, quickly, while we wrap up, Stu and Andy are going to be back for the Q and A later, so don't worry. We're not cutting. We're not cutting your EADT time down. Favorite moment and favorite player since you've been um, covering town. I'll let Stu go first because he's got a bigger bigger pool to come from. Favourite moment or favourite player? Give me one and then we'll favorite go to Randy. Moment. Um, I think that those late goals in the playoff season, the the Chaplow late goal at, at Watford, the, the Noel Hunt late goal at Charlton, they, they, they're moments that sort of stick in my mind because of the time that they came at. Um, obviously the goals in the playoffs as well. Paul Anderson, Tommy Smith, those would be the moments that would stick in my mind for sure. Favourite moment, Andy? I've covered them for 18 months. It's been awful. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite moment is probably watching Muzzy Carroll rip it up at Preston for 45 minutes and then go off with the shits at half-time. <laughs> <laughs> I remember he came on at Hillsborough and he played for about 20 minutes. I'm like, oh my God, we're going to win 5-0. This guy's, really this guy's really brilliant Ill. and he's off again, wasn't he? Um, favourite favorite player, Stu, since you've been covering us? Favourite player? it's a good one. I've enjoyed seeing people like Ryan Fraser and... Um, favourite player that we own? Yeah, and now we're struggling now, aren't we? Um, Favourite player, go on, you, you go. I like watching Christoph Berra. That's my kind, okay. of, my kind of player, hard, broken, Rugged. Eyes, broken teeth, picking his teeth up off the floor. Also, I like Larson Torre, he was enough. Oh, Dave. <laughs> Dave <laughs> loves Larson Torre. That, oh, that's, the best, that's the best moment, actually. The corner. No, him chucking his shirt in the crowd at, before extra time at Doncaster. Unbelievable. <laughs> Stu, favourite player? <sighs> yeah, Ballinbiner, definitely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. I tracked him down recently, he didn't want to talk to me. No. Oh. You know, he's playing for Dortmund again. Dortmund 2. Oh, um, <laughs> Jesus Christ, there we go. Um, I think I say on behalf of all of us in here, thank you for the brilliant coverage you do. Can we have a round of applause for Um, and the press conferences, I, I know people give you crap on Twitter, but please, please ignore it. You guys do an amazing job. Um, ladies and gentlemen, they'll be back for the Q&A, so get your questions in. Andy Warren, Stuart Watson.
Okay. How far are we behind, Shaley? Um, Half hour yet? We'll try and keep going. We'll maybe we'll shorten the Q&A because one of the next guys might like to talk a little bit. Um, <laughs> the moment that you've waited long enough for, easily the most popular member of the Blue Monday team, wherever he has gone. Um, I met Harry from Bath at Nottingham Forest last year. I didn't realise who he was. And I sent him a very speculative DM wondering if we could possibly get his brilliant um, match preview pieces. Just get him to say it. Just read it out, Harry. That would be, be fine. We'd love that. He said yes, and then we got Richard on the hosting duties, and it's been an absolutely brilliant show ever since. Far better. Who remembers my Burton preview? <laughs> yeah, that could have got us taken off air, couldn't it? Je <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, so they're going to be talking about the game coming up against um, Wigan. So welcome first, please, the host of the wildly popular ITFC preview show, Mr. Richard Woodward. Was that more partridge than Mikey's entrance? <laughs> My mouth is dry. Um, so in a minute, I will be putting onto the screen some words to describe my, co my cohort on the preview show, the man, the myth, the legend that is Harry from Bath. I'm, I usually call him magnificent, but that doesn't seem to do it justice. I've me. started doing the great Harry from Bath. The great Harry from Bath, like a magician he is. Uh, Stu, could you skip us on one, please? Ladies and gentlemen, Harry from Bath. I'm afraid that's all we've got time for, Harry. <laughs> Well, that went as well as could be expected. That's good. We didn't even <laughs> practice that. Uh, Stu, could you skip us on one, please? So, um, because this is the preview show, we are the people who've listened, have prepared, and got the agenda from Ben weeks in advance. We know exactly what we're doing. Um, I turned up um, with nothing, and now I have notes, because I'm with <laughs> Harry, so I don't have to do anything, as per every Thursday. Um, so, on the screen, we've got um, our usual setup for the Thursday show, the shirts. We'll go, we'll go there first, because for the first time this season, I'm able to put this season's shirt as a one where we've won a match against Wigan. So for the first time, a winning shirt from this season, everybody. Yay. It's a minger, unfortunately, but it's a winner nonetheless. Harry, we're going to talk about Wigan, and we're going to do what's happened since that pretty crappy 1-0 win, but a win nonetheless, um, and look ahead to next week. Um, so should we talk about being who's come in and who's gone out? Yep. Start with that. Right. Start, let's begin. I was thinking we might start with a little mindfulness exercise, actually, okay. if that's okay. Um, why we do this first, we know everything about us when we go to games. We often know very little about who we're playing. And the idea with the notes and the idea of this is to say, well, 
we can pick up what we can glean from the media or whatever, but let's actually find out what the fans are saying because they'll usually be more accurate. So for Stoke today, for example, you know, Jack Butland, oh, England goalkeeper, he's going to be really good. They were saying, actually, he's regressing. And he wasn't great today. I felt he wasn't very... He didn't inspire me with confidence. Nope. They said about Vokes, industrious, target man, but he's not a finisher. Again, if you look at today, there were elements of that today. Also, looking again at the way Stoke set up, we d they were talking about a diamond, but um, with the narrowness, but it wasn't working. If you looked at any of the highlights videos, they were utterly static, and during the week, Wigan were playing through them for fun. They were all worried about their positions. So suddenly, you changed the emphasis, and they switched after about half an hour. They switched McLean and Ince out wide, plan B, and they stuck with that against us today. So yep. it's just trying to lean what you can, Three what you can find. <laughs> Wigan. <laughs> moving on, moving Wigan, on. So Wigan, no, Wigan. 15 minutes is ridiculous. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right, so mindfulness exercise. I need everybody now just to, to get into the Wigan mode. We need to focus our minds. And I want you all to, to calm down, just let things just sink, sink through the filter beds and just think of the grimmest game you've ever seen under Mick McCarthy. Because I can guarantee that's what you're going to come across if you're going to Wigan next week. Oh, everyone, get your tickets now, quick. <laughs> I've got a sublime quote to kick off. The style of football we're playing at the moment is a mixture of Gary Caldwell's boring back pass rubbish with Warren Joyce's complete and utter negativity and a dollop of Malky Mackay's soul-destroying hoofball. All in all, a recipe for disaster. <laughs> so so uh, they're worried, let's just say. They're very worried. They've got Reading breathing down their necks, a lack of pace, a lack of creativity, and a lack of confidence. And since they had that brilliant start at the beginning of the season, there's been a turgid approach, is how they describe it. They got off to a flyer, and it's been incrementally going downhill. So the, the, the big player... I guess we spotted was was yeah. Reece James Maloney from Chelsea, but they've lost they've lost Grigg as well. Yeah, but he he, had, he wasn't particularly prolific. It was yeah. three or four goals for him. But um, yeah, what they liked about Grigg was the fact that it was he was developing his all round play. He wasn't a finisher. Certainly, the first time he was in the in the championship, um, he flattered to deceive, and they felt that this time he was adding to his overall game. The January window, which you asked about. Five minutes ago, apologies. <laughs> um, they they lost. The, it's been an interesting window. Um, Dan Byrne went. They'd had they'd sold him in the summer to Brighton and loaned him back for the half the season. But now he's disappeared. Shea Dunkley has stepped up. Ex Oxford, he's doing quite well. So no issues there. But up front is where they have a problem. S the sad thing about Callum Connolly, he's also gone. Worth mentioning from an Ipswich point of view. The, the, the phrase they summed him up with was a, a special talent for hiding. He just never really clicked when he was there. Yep. Yeah. So then, um, but the, up front is the real issue because they've lost Will Grigg, who, as I say, he was developing a wider game even if he wasn't finishing. James Vaughan has gone to Portsmouth on loan and um, they've brought in to replace him Leon Clark. And so they're working with a Clark kind of jo and Joey Garner kind of. Um, a forward combination. Garner's not already featured, has he? He's, he's been a bench option. He's an absolute an impact substitute, which is probably what he's best at, actually, when you think about it. One um, other, just quickly, one other name that um, people might have been familiar with is Anthony Pilkinson, who was almost signing for us and then got the better offer at Wigan. Yeah. Um, how important has he been? He's been quite, he is quite important. He's been in, he's been, I think, as he possibly building match fitness, there's been a mixture of starts and bench options with him. They're using him very, very selectively and very intelligently. But he is, he gives them proper width and 
Um, whether he's up for three games a season, or three games a week, I should say, might be an issue now. But you could see him blossoming and evolving as the season went on. When he was at Cardiff, interesting, he wasn't just used as an out-and-out winger. Um, he was often played in behind the striker. So he, was, he has played as a number 10 before, so they have that option. But on Garner, the, the, the issue with him is they say that all he ever does is gets, he gets into confrontations. And they say that it's nice, though. <laughs> he hasn't changed a bit. And they also said that um, the other interesting thing is that he's very good at headers, but he's not very good at a target man. He doesn't seem to have the physicality to be able to lead, but so it's, it's, it's to lead the line, but even though he's a, you know, he's a go-to man in the air, as we all know. The, opposite, just, um, the opposite to Quanner. Can we Sorry. just pause very quickly? Mm -hmm. I mean, we just need to acknowledge... The, the rapid delivery we've got, the, the amount of research that this man puts in week after week. I think he knows probably more about Ipswich than I know about, than he knows about Wigan. It's crazy. <laughs> so <laughs> this is amazing stuff, Harry, but yeah. let's, let's just, just um, have a chat about Paul Cook, maybe. Yeah. I know, let's talk about Rhys James. Because Rhys James Reece is the James guy who hit the bar. You're, if anybody was at the game in, in, in December, that game absolutely killed him. He, he was the one who cracked a brilliant right, right back um, on loan from Chelsea. He cracked a brilliant shot against the crossbar just before Freddie Sears scored that wonder strike. <laughs> to win the game. Um, and they said, um, they said of it, with James, the great quote one of them said was, um, he is destined to be a pub quiz question one day in the same way as people ask about Beckham's loan to Preston. That's where they have him. He's, they really rate him. Wow. Cook is interesting. He's not just using him as a right back. He has been dropping him into a holding midfield role, role as well. So you've got him and Sam Morsi in the middle, and that's balancing the midfield, which gives you somebody who's... Because who's, he's not just... He's not static. He's industrious, he's energetic, and he can also read the game. For such a young player, he has got the five yards in his head as well, which is fantastic. Great stuff. Yeah. Should we chat about um, Pep's best mate, Paul Cook? Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. What's um, the opinion of him? Well, fans are divided on him because we remember him from Portsmouth, a really exciting, dynamic style of football, passing, movement, lots of, you know, lots of very thoughtful and creative football, which, you know, when we played them in the Cup. And in their promotion season, it was the same. Contrast that with what I was talking about, the kind of increasing mickishness of their football, um, in that it's becoming grimmer and sadder and, you know, sort of, echoing a futility kind of thing. It's really not great. And the, the issue is, is it the manager or is it the squad? And the feeling within the fan base is that it's actually the relative quality of the squad okay. that they, they're you know, up against. Because Cook was highly rated, wasn't he? I think he was yeah. with, with our job in the summer. Yeah. And maybe there's a, a need to build slowly, perhaps survive yeah. and then build. It's, it's, it's all about survival. People are saying, they're saying as well, if we'd given this position at the start of the season, it would be fantastic. But obviously, given where we are now, it's um, with with it with the decline, and they're also contrasting the signing of Leon Clark with Nelson with Nelson Oliveira going in at Reading, and they're thinking they're, they're they've got Reading in their rearview mirrors, so they are worried. Um, and the defeat they had briefly when we played in um, when we beat them in December that absolutely killed them. And it is a, it kind of highlighted a secret weapon that we have when we do play, um, when we do play Wigan or when we played not Wigan but any team that we're so we're at the bottom of the table team expectations are always of a win. So if we start putting up a fight against them, they're automatically then worried that they, they realise, oh my God, we're on the back foot here. Ipswich are playing well, we're in trouble. So they, you go into games, 80% of the fans are expecting a win, home or away, suddenly it doesn't work out like that. Yep. It, yeah. So we should go for it on next week. Um, we should do. Do you think it's a hashtag winnable game next week, Harry? It's not losable. Not losable. <laughs> Some words are banned. <laughs> Last word on Wigan before we see our combined Ipswich Derby 11. Hmm? Last word on Wigan. Last Anything word more? on Wigan. Um, Last more gem. One more gem. I'm hoping to go myself. It won't be a classic. I fear. I really won't be a classic. It could be a pig ugly one nil win, but it is winnable. We drew. 
with Stoke. They drew with Stoke during the week where, you know, there's not much between the teams. If things break in our favour, we could pick up three points here. Fingers crossed. Can we um, try and... Yeah, let's have a round of applause for Harry, please, Hi. everyone. Yeah. Amazing stuff. Yeah. And we'll, um, we'll be back next Thursday to do that at maybe half the speed so we could actually... <laughs> That's fine. Sorry, sorry, no, no, sorry. We've got plenty of time on Thursday, don't worry about that. Um, Stu, can we um, try and skip ahead and pause just at the right moment to see this combined team? Um, firstly, can I... Daryl, we Darryl? heard from you earlier. Can yeah, you, do you want to stand up? Stand up and give this man a round of applause, please, everybody. This guy is brilliant. So, so Daryl has a, mid, um, a magical website somewhere where he's got all the list of Ipswich players that have played for someone else. Um, and we have um, the combined 11, which has been voted for by everyone on Twitter. Um, so let's have a look at this, Harry, and, and decide what we think about this. Mm. I think we quite like the idea of a slow winger on one side and a quick winger on the other side. Yep. Um, Linegan and Higginbotham, that's going to be a yeah, pasty back too, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Joe, come on. Yeah. He, he was on the books. He was on the books, Darby, yes. Yep. He was on the books. That counts. It was scan options at centre back. Let's be honest. It's true. So, so a bit of artistic license, Joe. <laughs> uh, I, the, otherwise, <laughs> the, we're going with the zero six four formation, which. Well, let's go for that. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Any other players catching your eye there? We've, we've got Burley as the manager. The, um, yeah, Paul, hang on, yes. Paul in Jewell got 11%. Yes, that... Who that voted for Paul Jewell? <laughs> exactly. Over George Burley. Get, there we go. There's one of you here. Uh, Any thoughts there? Um, Waghorn and Ben, someone, I, I, someone told me that was quite boring and obvious. Well, um, we could have had Stern John and John Stead. Or Luke Varney. Or Lou Varney. Yeah. 17 of those. It's <laughs> quite balanced, though. I think that's quite... I, keeper's not... Amazing, but that's quite a balanced team, though. Yeah, agree with that. It's fun to do this because, I mean, for example, looking back at the, at the Borough one, we had a back pairing of uh, Beattie and Mowbray and a midfield of Wark and Ledbetter. When you start looking at some of the combinations, if you could bring them back, it's, 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 kind, of what, it's a kind of strange what might have been kind of game, really, to play. But we really, really love it. It's great fun. And thank you so much, Daryl. I just thank noticed you. that I put Geraint Williams. That's Geraint Williams with Darren Curry. So that is the slowest right-hand side of the midfield <laughs> ever. Um, Daryl, thank you for your hard work. Well, um, we need to come up with some, another idea because we're obviously going to start repeating these as we play teams well, twice. But the next idea will be League One. So yeah. Oh, here we go. Mm. Yeah, scraping we barrels. We, we, we did a League One with for, for Accrington, and we could only come up with a, a five-a-side. Five it wasn't even a five-a-side team, was no, it? Was it? I think Donassian ended up on the bench. Donassian on the bench, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I think I've mulled putting Donassian at right back and then thought, no, he's a centre-back. And then yeah. I thought, no, actually, I'll no, send him to London. No. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that right, Tom? Yeah. Look at, call you for, yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. I, I think that's it. I think that's it for us. We've, yeah. um, we've obviously Info, info download. Ha mm. <laughs> I've acknowledged Harry, um, Harry's amazing research, but I think we also have to give Harry credit for fitting all of that assessment into 15-ish minutes, 15-ish minutes. A <laughs> great feat. You did good. Ladies and gentlemen, the yeah. brilliant preview show team. Thank, Thank you. you. Right. We are just about running to time. 
So um, if you need some fresh air, if you need a beer or a pee, it's coming up nine o'clock. If we'll, tr we'll try and start the last bit by 10 past nine, we'll do our quiz really quickly. Then we'll do your Q&A. If you want to ask a question, it is hashtag Blue Monday Live and we'll get everybody up to um, answer them. And then you can all go home, I promise. There we go. Right, see you and grab a cupcake from the corner if you haven't got one yet. Thank you, everybody. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.